Axe's Armor and Amulets podcast. The battle against the Blob has concluded, and the party has managed to survive the goblin-infested caves. They now make their way back to the village of Nightstone with the survivors in tow. Come join us for the next step in the adventure. Episode 12, Morax Exposition. Okay, guys, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. In case you are not keeping track, this episode that we are recording today is going it's- to be released on the 23rd of December. So this oh. is basically our Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. So my question for y'all what do you guys do for like family traditions for Christmas? Assuming everyone here um, uh, enjoys and celebrates Christmas and not Hanukkah or Kwanzaa. Or Yule. Or Yule. Yule. Or Yule. Or any of the many other December holidays. Um, what do you guys? Uh, what do you guys have for family traditions? Um, my family has always had fire and fireplace. Um, it's basically uh, symbolic of Yule. So okay. we have a fire and make eggnog, and like you know, from scratch, and that's that's my holiday tradition. I think the biggest thing for me is just food. Like, it could be mm. any holiday, you can celebrate any holiday you want, as long as there's food. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of us I got to echo the food thing. Family dinners is got to be one of the, my favorite things. Uh, yeah. My family opens presents under the Christmas tree. Then we play games, and eventually we eat food. But my dad makes a really mean apple pie. And before he puts it into the oven, he rolls up the unbaked apple pie dough and puts sugar in it. And then then we eat it. What do you guys call those? My Krispies? We my don't call them anything. My stepdad calls them roly polies. Yep. My mom has to do that whenever she does the thing with the pie crust. Yes, it's it's I, if you make homemade my, pie crust, you have to do. My mother makes uh, cinnamon rolls every year, homemade from scratch, Christmas morning. Mm. Keep keep talking dirty to me. Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably like, my favorite. Like yeah, constant. Food is definitely a constant. I can't tell you how many years ago, um, when the kids were little, I just, I knew we were going up to my husband's family, and I'm like, I don't know what to get these people for, like, Christmas presents, so I just baked a whole bunch of gingerbread cookies, made my cranberry sauce, and made, like, a hot cocoa mix, 
And that's pretty much my Christmas gifts for everybody every year since then. Well, except for last year, because last year sucked. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, great. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like everybody loved it, and they've come to expect it. And I get into this rhythm of making the cookies. So I have like two batches of dough. Each batch of dough makes about five dozen cookies. It's great. Mm. And they're and they're eggless too. They're actually vegan cookies. <laughs> they taste so delicious, and you can eat the dough raw. Which is like the other fun part. Uh-huh. Yep. You use applesauce. And you cut and cut back the sugar a little bit. And uh I may be collecting your guys' addresses so I can send you some. I mean I mean once I would once never said, say no. Once you said you replaced it with applesauce, I was like, All right, I get behind this. Interesting. I never knew that. Hmm. The more you know. The more right. you know. Yeah, it's like uh, a, a mayonnaise cake. Yeah, it's just like mayonnaise cake. I wonder if you can make mayonnaise cookies. <laughs> you can. They're just really soft baked cookies. Yeah. That does not sound appealing. Mayonnaise cake or it mayonnaise do- cookies? It, no, no, no. It, it it doesn't sound good, but all it is is eggs and oil. Hmm. So it works, and it makes a very moist cake or cookie or brownie. Interesting. Half baked cookies are really good, though. Yes, I they are. Cookies. I use mayonnaise in my oatmeal raisin cookies because it makes them so gooey. Welcome to our food podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently. Next up on Axe's Armor and Amulets, baking. D&D style. Uh, D&D style. Uh, d- tavern style baking. No, I just wanted to. Oh, I just wanted to talk about some of the family traditions. Like I said, we're this mm-hmm. is going to be. This episode is going to be released the week of Christmas, and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy yeah, Holidays yeah. from our That's podcast right. to you. Yep, yep. And so you know, wanted to be a little, and I know it's a little early for us because you know it's the, just the second week of of uh, December, but. Uh, you know, wanted to have a little holiday spirit. Maybe I'll put like jingle bells in the background of all this, so that way it just kind of sounds like you're at a shopping mall about to go sit on Santa's lap or something. Oh my god! Slightly horrifying. <laughs> I'm 23. Santa sits on my lap. Oh. Okay then. <laughs> Ho, ho, I had ho. to figure out a joke for that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I wouldn't be a bard my. if I didn't. You definitely, you're definitely getting this bard thing going and down there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we got a few things to cover today. Most importantly, where we left off last week. You guys leveled up. That's freaking right. So before we get too far into this, I'm going to let the audience know right now that at least for this level, and I haven't decided if it's going to be uh, later levels, I have turned into a softie and have allowed my players to get a, 
a bonus feat at level four, in addition to their ASI, except for uh, Emma, of course, who is multi-classed. But I have given everyone a fourth level feat in addition to their ASI. So, who wants to go first in talking about what they get at level four? Uh, Pansy will. All right, Pansy, tell us about level four. Uh, I added two more to my dexterity for my ASI, and for feet, I took sharpshooter. Because what's better for an archer than sharpshooter? Awesome. D10, right, for Ranger? Yes, sir. All right, let's roll. Mm. Well, no. Got a V in there. There we go. I got a four. I got a ten. I will take that ten. Nice. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Come again. Hey. Og, level four. Talk to us. Og took uh, two points in dexterity, bringing it to, I believe, 17. Uh-huh. And for my feet, because I'm a bugbear and I get surprise attack for going before anybody else, I took the alert feet. Uh, that was probably a pretty Ooh. good feat with uh, with that bugbear surprise stuff. Yep. All right, let's roll those hit die. And I believe it. Yep, it's a D10. How about nine? Two. Oh, man, good rolls. All right, take a nine. Cal T, talk to us about level four. Okay, at level four, I get another cantrip, and I get another spell. So I took the cantrip mending, and I took the spell. Uh, I, I rearranged a couple of my spells, but the new spell I decided to add to my repertoire is Shatter. Do a little more damage with the um, my spells, as well as I put in a point, a point of um, – I added to my abilities – one to my charisma to bump me up to a plus three, and I bump my intelligence up from an eight to a nine because I want to slowly bump that up to at least a plus zero so I have no negatives. I don't like having negatives. Okay. Um, do that nice and slow. And then the feat I took because Calty has uh, decided that he also likes to fight is the dual uh, – I took fighting initiative, and then I took the dual uh, weapon fighting. Two, um, yeah, dual weapon fighting as my feet. So that will allow me to attack or add my, um, what's it called? My dexterity modifier to the damage of my attacks with my offhand weapon. Nice. So it sounds like yes. Cal T, while still following along the bard track, is looking to start getting up into the action a little bit more. Is that right? Yes, but uh, most of my spells are either for um, convincing people to do what we need or improving the uh, abilities of my companions. So maybe a little more of a support second row fighter, if you will. Okay, okay. And what's your hit die there, Calty? Yep, I'm getting there right now. I believe as loads. I apologize. I'm on my phone because I do not have Wi-Fi right now. It is a D8. D8. One. 
Oh, I'm probably going to take minus. Be one second for rolls. Again, I apologize. I do not like playing on my phone, but that's where we're at. Okay. Four. So I'll take that four. Unfortunately, that's not what I wanted, but it is what it is. <laughs> All right. Emma, talk to me about what Emma's doing for this level. So Emma apparently has decided she wants to be more barbarian than cleric. Um, and so she took another level in barbarian, which of course means she's not level four in anything. So she doesn't get to do the API. Um, eventually she will. But for her feet, she took tough. Yes. And Getting those extra hit points. Getting the extra hit points because she wants to be up in front bashing people's skulls in. Okay. Oh, so what um, is so what are you? Are you two and two now? Or? I'm two she is two and two right now. Okay. Um so she got for her second level of barbarian um reckless attack. So she can declare that she's going to attack recklessly, um, which gives her advantage on the melee attack rolls using strength. Unfortunately, it means that the enemy also has advantage on their attack roll until her next turn. Uh, big risk, big reward. Exactly. All right. Well, let's let's roll this hit die. So that would be a D12 because she took a barbarian level. Yep. I rolled an 8. Well, I got a 6, so I will take that 8. Thank you. All right. And last but certainly not least, Rhea. Talk to us about level 4 for Rhea. So Rhea took, for her ASIs, one in Wisdom and one in Constitution. Mm -hmm. She took the Warcaster feat. A must-have for every Battlecaster. Yes. And Rhea gained one extra spell slot for second-level spells and an extra cantrip. Nice. What did you pick for your cantrip? I honestly don't remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. So the next cantrip you use that you haven't used before, that will know that's the <laughs> one that you picked. She probably has her uh, HP open to roll. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rhea. Uh, Cleric, is that a D8 or D10? It is a D8. All right, let's roll. Oof, three. I got an eight. All right, take that eight. All right. So where we left off last week is you guys had just saved the villagers of Nightstone from Hark and his goblins by defeating the Black Pudding. 
that was terrorizing that little tribe of goblins. You had gotten everyone out of the cave and were beginning to trek back to Nightstone. Through the course of traveling... Oh, I'm sorry. Did you have something, Pansy? Um, were the horses still outside when we got back up? The horses we were still there. Cave? Yep. Uh, could we put the weak and the young on the horses? Yep. Yep. So we can still travel at a fairly decent... Flip. Yes, you absolutely can. So through through the travels back to Nightstone, you guys are speaking to Morak. Morak seems to be kind of the unofficial unofficial leader of the villagers of Nightstone, at least during their time there in uh, Hark's custody, if you will. Morak. Urgray is a dwarf who you guys learn is the owner and proprietor of the inn of the tavern at Nightstone. Sorry about your door. <laughs> that, no, was, that was the trading post. That was the trading post. <clears throat> um, I mean, I missed one. <laughs> <laughs> So the information that you hear from Morak as he's, uh, you know, talking to you guys after saving them is that they had been uh, driven from Nightstone during some sort of attack from uh, something in the sky. And some of the townsfolk believe it was some sort of castle or a tower that they saw in the sky. Others you know, thought it was some sort of creature that was dropping boulders on them. But uh, they fled Nightstone because those boulders were attacking primarily the southern southern side of Nightstone and had damaged the bridge towards the kingdom. Unfortunately, when they got to the caves, they found out that recently a tribe of goblins had moved in, hence why they were captured by Hark and his tribe of goblins. And that is all the information, unfortunately, that Morak is able to actually give you guys. He did say that there were a few people that should have been at the caves that were not, but he's looking forward to getting back to Nightstone to kind of help figure out what's going on and and if there are any other survivors and of course if not to at least take care of the dead well we know that um, Kellum and why I forget his name Torum. Begins with the T Torum are, are alive they're holding the fort for us so to speak So, now that I've told you guys kind of what the, the general gist of, of as you are talking and hearing these, these villagers talk about, that it kind of corroborates the same story you've heard from Torum and 
Kellen, do you guys have any, you know, any other questions for Morak? Anything that's related to what you guys did or discovered um, during your time in Nightstone or questions about Nightstone itself? Now would be a good time to talk to Morak if you want. Angie would like to ask uh, him uh, about if he knows anything about the Snake Seven and uh, if if they have been hurting the area because um, they seem to be pretty nasty people. Snake Seven. Uh, he. You ask him about the Snake Seven, and he kind of looks at you and, you know, scratches his beard and, and says, uh, let's see if I can do his accent and, and dialect justity today. Or justity. Wow. Justice today. <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> my good lady, uh, it appears you've caught me off guard with that name the the snake seven uh and he just kind of looks at you he goes uh oh i've i've never heard that before at all i believe they work with the zentarum the zentarum you say i've i've heard that name before but i've i've never dealt with anyone in the Zentarum. Um, and he kind of looks around and he goes, uh, you know, I've, I've got uh, a, f- a friend that if, if, if he is still alive in Nightstone, uh, he, he does know a little bit more of the Zentarum than I do. Uh, interjects. What, who, who, who was he? His name was Darthag Olgrath. Uh oh. Did he happen to be trading pups? Uh, yeah, he did actually. He ran the Lion Crest trading post in Nightstone. Pansy uh, is um, going to uh, shoot to Kalti. Yeah, Kalti goes over with her. Um, so obviously. He's not going to be able to help us. <laughs> Bad news. Yeah, but maybe he, uh, Morag can tell us more about who he was. He can't do it for himself. Hey, Morag? Uh, yes, little, little county. Um, I have to break some bad news to you. Your, your friend uh, was killed during the attack. Oh, Take some time. Morag. Was it one of the boulders that got him? No. It was one of the Snake Sevens, we believe. Is there any reason that they would have a personal vendetta against your friend? And he looks at you very seriously and goes, Not in the company of the rest of the villagers. That is a discussion. I understand. That is a discussion for when we get back to my tavern. I understand. 
Okay. Grave so, news indeed. Uh, going to pull uh, Pansy aside as they're walking and uh, say we should show him the ring, but only once we get back to the tavern. Yes, later. And uh, he's going to say, um, also, me and you should have a chat as well. I want to ask you something sometime. But we can talk about that later. It's not important sure. right now. Sure thing, little buddy. She's going to rub his head. Kalti will smile and his ears will <laughs> wiggle a little bit. <laughs> Emma? Adorbs. Emma, yeah. Rhea, Og, you guys have anything for Morak? No. Um, I guess Emma's gonna probably tell him like the the town there. As far as she knows, there are only the two survivors, Kellum and Torum. As far as they have found. Hopefully. Oh, whoa, I've given him Torum's voice, haven't I? <laughs> it's hard it's seriously hard um and you say that to Morak and he just says well hopefully a few more uh the villagers from Nightstone have have uh taken refuge in some of the farmhouses um did you check every building in Nightstone, or did you just check some of the big ones before you headed to us? I mean, again, we didn't check. Yeah, Emma will just say, like, how they didn't check any of the farmhouses, but there were goblins when they arrived, so they had to deal with them first before they found the surviving guards, and then had to face the snakes out, and it was just, it was a mess, and we wanted to come and find you guys first, so we haven't done a full search of the town. Oh, Nightstone has always been a little on the small side. I think it uh, last last time they they did a count, there was only fifty or uh, about fifty people living inside Nightstone. And somebody tore the door off of the uh, trading post. It was like that when we got there. <laughs> and Emma tries desperately not to laugh. Speaking of speaking of Og, Og, as he's telling this uh, this fib to Morak, you guys are all kind of struck with the realization that those goblins knew Og. Oh, Kalti has not forgotten that. Oh no, but Emma also remembers that they said they set him up. But she's also wondering what kind of bugbear Og was being to this, these goblins that made them want to set him up. Or if it was really just a difference of opinions and small things. I know that Kalti wanted to talk to Og. If this is a good time, he's going to walk over to Og. And he's going to ask... Uh, those goblins said that you were their boss. Can you tell me, like, what that means? I was going to kind of look down at Kalti and say, uh, bugbears aren't exactly 
uh, easy on the eyes. Uh, a lot of townspeople are afraid of things they do not understand. So they gave us the, they give us the cold shoulder and we get treated poorly. So naturally trading with them would not work. Mm -hmm. But no one would suspect a band of goblins to gather the materials that we need to survive out in the wilderness since we are basically shunned from the towns. I see. I did have good intentions, but the townspeople are very unreasonable and judgmental towards bugbears in general. So I did what I must to survive. So we killing goblins in the town when we first got there that you originally were boss of? It seems to be that way. Um, and I'm sure, uh, as you are aware, I was surprisingly set up by the existing goblins. And as I said before, loyalty is only as deep as the enemy's pockets. So it appears they were bought off to exchange me for something. I'm I'm making a speculation because I have no idea. <laughs> Calty's uh, gonna say, well, speaking as a goblin, even if I have no real experience with the way my people do their business, I can certainly understand ostracization. Being ostracized, we'll go with that. Yeah, ostracized from uh, public. I've usually won my way into people's hearts with my music and whatnot. But yeah, I usually bash people's heads. It doesn't work as well. That was like scratching yes, her temple. <laughs> he'll Kathy will pat Emma's uh, back. At Emma's knee, that he can reach, and um, he'll say, w "Were you at least?" Mostly kind to them? Sometimes. But when things didn't go as planned, there were certain unexpected casualties. I see. Even though I don't have any true loyalty to them, it, it does pain me to watch them enslaved as they so often are. And maybe they are prone to mischief and mayhem. I think they can be better than they are if they were only given the chance. Look at the ones we just met. He had a reasonableness about him. Just goes to show that my kind can be reasonable. And Kelty will nod, and he'll pat uh, uh, Og's knee and say, uh, there, there are no hard feelings, Og. We are companions still. Yes, I have grown to recognize this band of travelers as sort of a new tribe. 
as I, like that. I have not been wronged yet. Well, I probably shouldn't have said yet, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't be the one to wrong you. And I don't think any of us will intentionally. Let us cross this bridge if we ever come to it. And yeah. if we should come to it, let us cross it together rather than burning any bridges. Sounds like a good plan. It seems we all, all have sorted past. Indeed it does. And Kelsey's gonna eye... I haven't tried to look at anything. But she's like touching her bear scars. Um... And what of our lioness camp companion? You have remained silent this long. Are you committed to our current track? I am. Good. Good. Then, uh, companions we shall be. Yay. Yeah. Repug. <laughs> and, and with that, all the feels. Uh, I, Kalti's player, would like to ask if mending can fix my rapier and my dagger. Uh, you know that's a good that's a good question. Uh, let's see here. Let's go. I, th- doesn't it say something about up to a foot, and it doesn't replace any magical? Yeah, like it can't be used on. Like you can fix something magical, but it can't repair the magic in it. But if it's just a regular dagger, it should be able to fix the dagger. I don't know how big a rapier is. Well, mending. Well, it's also a a rapier the size sized up for a goblet. Yeah, right. so it says it repairs a single break or tear in an object you touch. Oh, that's not going to work then. No. I think so. No. Dang it. I took that just for that. Okay. No. Nope. I can for you. We can ask Morag if there's a blacksmith. Ooh, in the that town. is a good. We should ask Morag that. Yes. Uh, Let's go that. Let's see. Farmers, hold on. I'm fine. I'm trying to find the name so that way I don't ruin <laughs> this. Because there's, let's see, so many names. I mean, if there's there, farmers, there should be a blacksmith for there, the horseshoes. At there least. is actually. Okay, are you guys ready? Like, it actually says the other prisoners and survivors found here uh, are surviving members of the local or surviving members of the local families. The families are as follow, like. The Agonor family. De- uh, Destiny Agonor is Nightstone's tiefling midwife. Her son, Gr- and it's like, literally, I have names for all 34 survivors. Damn. Oh my goodness. So, like, I'm right. I'm trying they to find out which- Oh, it named all of them. It named all of them. Nice. I didn't think to learn all of their names, though, because I didn't think I would figure out who runs each Morag 
we're just going to say, for ease of access, that Morag, when you approach him, points at another villager and says, uh, <clears throat> well, that's the blacksmith right there, and once we get back to town, I'm sure uh, they would be willing to fix your equipment. Oh, good. Enter townsperson A. Yeah. <laughs> Town person A goes by they them until identified. <laughs> That's funny. So, um, yeah. I anyway, so you guys got any more chatting you want to do with anyone, or are we just looking to head back tonight still? I we think... gotta get back before nightfall. I yep. think we're ready to get back. I know Kathy wants a nice nap and some food. Yeah, you know. Kathy, mm, uh. would you like a piggyback ride? <laughs> my turn. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Fight over the gun. Um, ladies, ladies. That is plenty to go around. Jesus. <laughs> 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 Uh, Kelsey will, uh, he will, uh, thank both of them and say, I'll, I'll walk on my own two feet for this trip, but thank you. Um, I needed my exercise. Can you imagine just over the course of the, uh, this campaign that everyone is so, like, adamant about carrying Kelsey that he just starts putting on weight? <laughs> he, he just, his, oh, his, no. his, his legs get atrophied and he ends up wider than he is tall. Oh my gosh. You have to start rolling him like a bowling ball. At the it's called yes, my goblin shot. <laughs> yes, no. as my action, I would, like to, I would like to stick my ear, my fingers in Kelty's ears and roll him like a bowling ball towards the offending party. <laughs> Have you guys, any anybody else here, this is totally off topic, but has anybody else play, have ever played Magic the Gathering? Yes. Yes. Because yes, Goblin, there's a Goblin card that's called Goblin Cannonball or something like that. And you literally sacrifice one of your Goblin cards, and the idea is you're shooting your own Goblins at your enemy. And just bang, out of a cannon. And the card literally shows a <laughs> Goblin flying across the air. It's very funny. I love this. I love this. Yeah. Magic Gathering Gob is great. Yeah, and goblin cards are <laughs> goblin decks are particularly funny. Mm -hmm. I currently have a vampire deck that I'm playing with. <laughs> I do enjoy vampires. Okay. Anyway, you guys, it takes several hours before you get back to Nightstone, just with you know the amount of people and making sure everyone is safe. But you guys. Do in fact get back to Nightstone. And everyone starts to kind of meander in different directions towards their homes or place of business and all of that stuff. And as everyone starts to disperse, you guys hear Morak, you know, um, make sure that you come back to the tavern a little bit later tonight and I'll have I'll have dinner prepared prepared for everybody. That way we can just focus on getting our, our lives put back together. And he's, you know, talking to everyone. Oh, please make sure you come back to my tavern for dinner. You know, go check your homes. Make sure your, you know, your effects are there and see what is salvageable. He's just kind of taking care of people. 
and uh, as everyone starts walking away, he just kind of looks at you guys, and you can tell that he's a little wore out, you know? Like, you could see that as soon as everyone spreads out, his shoulders kind of slump, and he just looks tired. And he says, um, Man, I, I hope Lady Nander comes out of that cape and takes control of this town again because it's been a bloody mess in that cave system. Oh, bad news again. Bad news again. <laughs> yeah. Have we seen Kellum and, uh... Terum. 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 They are uh, standing atop of the gatehouse still. So it looks like they're doing okay. their job, especially now that there are people in the city. Right. Okay. Oh. So we lost Lady Nandor as well. Oh, her lady-in-waiting is not going to take that well. Her lady-in-waiting? And he just kind of nods her head. And he goes, uh, her name is Daphne Featherstone, and she is, well, she's been particularly terrified of the goblins in that goblin cave since we got there. She was that, and he kind of points to, like, the woman who's walking towards the cape, who's just like, like, even from this distance, you can just see her shaking like a chihuahua, like, just this terrified little innocent creature. So I guess I guess one Chihuahua is bad a bad idea. Yeah, I was gonna say should sh- should one of us go with her? Probably. I will. I remember what it, I was once like that. Hmm. Captain's gonna log that in the back of his head. Yeah, a little, Gosh, bit in, later. a little bit of information from Rhea, who has been kind of a steel trap up to this point. Mm-hmm. And so, Rhea, you go walking off? Emma yeah. manages to bite her tongue on Scaredy Cat. Um, Probably a wise decision. <laughs> yeah. Probably a wise decision. Um, Emma, Emma says she's going to go um, up to... The wall to help Torm and Kellum. Okay, okay. Um, Morak then is going to look at the remaining three, and he is going to say, <clears throat> "Well, I guess in this case we should step into my tavern so I can answer your questions." Then, huh? Sounds good to me. I very much would like to hear what you have to say. Okay. So you guys start heading towards the cat, the tavern. Rhea, you are the first to arrive. You know, uh, the first to arrive next to the person that they were planning to escort or talk to. Hello. And she just kind of looks at you and. 
hello, hello. Thank you. Thank you for, for, for rescuing us from those, those, those goblins. It was my pleasure. Would you allow me to escort you to wherever you are heading? I. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm. 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 I'm sure. I'm sure, Lady, Lady Nandor needs needs my assistance. I. Uh, I'm just trying to decide if I should. Go go home and and freshen up and try to, c collect collect myself, after such a harrowing. Few, few days. Allow me to escort you home. Lady Nander is... She will not mind in your delay. Ooh, but I just gotta rip that bandit off, girl. Sorry. Uh, that, that's, that's fine. I will, I will... You may accompany me, um, while I go home to to freshen up and look my part before returning to my lady's side. Thank you. You are too kind. Uh, so she leads you to one of the small houses, um, and she starts trying to, you know. Uh, Leaving you obviously in the in the main room, she goes to her room to freshen up. Mm -hmm. AKA try to get her wits together. Uh, Emma. Yeah. You get to the top of the gatehouse where you see a tired but happy pair of guards. Thought I'd come up and help you guys. Um Torum says well, truth be told, right now, I don't think we need any help. However, it looked like there was only a couple other gods in that group of, of people. And they all look pretty worse for wear. We'll probably need some help, maybe over the course of the next couple of days, with some, like, patrol rotations that you might be able to help us with. But uh, I think I think right now that we're okay. What do you What do you say, Kellen? And he just kind of shakes his head. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're good up here. Be sure there's nobody you want to go say hi to or anything. Uh, and they both just kind of like smile. And Torum says, "Oh, I there is there's definitely people I want to go see. However." We're going to do them more justice by making sure that this town stays safe until they're feeling better. Let the rest of the group know that you'll need help with patrols over the next couple of days. And shall we get the drawbridge up at least? Yes. <laughs> and Torum and Kellen, you know, pulled the drawbridge up and... Uh, Torum, after, you know, you pulled the drawbridge up, he just looks at you, and he puts his hand out, and he says, uh, we sure appreciate you and your 
group of friends arriving when you did. You, uh, you've really saved our ass and saved our, uh, saved our, our friends and family here in Nightstone. Thank you for your help. I'm glad to actually help. And Emma will shake his hand. Um, and right. then I guess she goes back to the tavern. I'm like, okay. <laughs> back in the tavern. You guys walk into the tavern and, uh, I mean, Morak, even though it's a mess and it's just an absolute sty. I mean, hey, he... Hey, Pansy was cleaning it up last time we were here. That's that right. is true. I can clean it with my cantrip, but only one foot at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Og just has this really nice clean spot in front of it. Uh, yeah, just wherever Og walks, he just casts it right in front of him. <laughs> um, so Morak starts to, you know, you might have been cleaning it, but he's got to, like, put his life back yeah. together, you know. Yeah. Yes. And so yeah. he starts getting to work, and as he's starting to get things together he just kind of like eyeballs Calty and, and Pansy and says um, alright what is it that you're looking for from uh, God, I did really give him Torm, Torm's voice didn't I it's, okay. it's alright hey, they, they would have the same accent if they're from the same place yeah true well you know Torm is a human and, and uh, Morak is a Shield dwarf. <clears throat> so it really just depends on how much time he spent with the dwarves before he started yeah. spending time with humans, you know? <laughs> All right. What uh, what kind of information are you looking for about my buddy Darth Darthag Olgarth? Oh, Darthag Olgar is his name. Sorry. Darthag Uh, Pansy is going to motion towards Kelty and kind of yep. wiggle her finger as if gesturing about a ring. Uh, Kelty is going to... Let me see here. It is. He is going to, as subtly as he can, um, cast... Is it... Yeah, it's on yourself. So, cast, um... Is it, yeah, it is. Yeah, sorry. I'm just making sure. Cast uh, friends on himself, so he has an advantage on charisma checks, just in case. Uh -huh. Um, and he's going to say, "Was your friend? What can you tell us about your friend's allegiances with a group?" And he's going to get really hushed voice called the okay, Harper. So, so you're casting friends on himself. So it's on Kelty. Yeah, on Kelty. Because okay. that's not a spell you target other people with. Correct. But did you read did you read the entire duration? Or the entire spell information? Oh shoot, no, I did not. I forgot about that part. Never For mind. the duration, you have an advantage on all charisma checks directed at one creature of your choice that isn't hostile. When the spell ends, the creature realizes you use magic to influence mood and becomes hostile. I forgot about that. Yep, I forgot about that. I don't want to do that anymore. Okay. I changed my mind. <laughs> I totally forgot about the hostile part. Dang it. Why can't they... 
Why can't Fells just have zero negatives F all the time? <laughs> Whatever. Um, I'm not doing that now. Cause that's dumb. <sighs> I'm taking that cantrip out. I don't like it. Um, anyway. He's gonna still say that question. I don't like it, but, uh, not using the spell for assistance. And, and what was the question? Uh, he's going to say, very hushed. What, actually he's going to change that. He's going to say, what can you tell us about your friend's allegiances and why might they cause him to have a negative relationship with the Snake 7? Zentarum. Zentarum, sorry, yeah. That's, uh, and, and Morak, like, as he's kind of starting to clean things up, as he, he kind of slows down as you ask that question. Kind of like one of those where it's like, you're being asked a question that you're, you're having to think about whether, not because the question is hard, but because it's kind of pointed, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, you're trying to wor- make your wording trying to think about each word you say well he's he's thinking about what you're asking Mm. you know like as you're asking the question like he kind of starts to like slow down the cleaning you know and he just looks at you and says well cow tea that's a that's a pretty po- pointed question, don't you think? What are, um, are Darthag's allegiances and what the Zentorum would have against him? If it would make it easier to answer, why don't you tell us why the Zentorum might have a special interest in making sure he didn't survive their attack. Because we can tell, we could tell he, his death was intentional. <clears throat> Morak kind of just kind of looks at the three of you, and we're going to say it about this point is where Emma comes back into the tavern. And, Perfect timing, Emma. Uh, Morak's going to look at the now four of you, and he's going to kind of smile a little bit, and he's going to say, you know what, little Calte? Why don't you tell me what you think is happening? I don't think I have a problem showing you my hand, as it were. We heard from the Zentarum. Uh, I can't remember exactly what her name was. Kayla. 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 Who I am fairly certain was the one who did the killing. Uh, she she was asked, said she did. Yeah, okay. That's why I was pretty sure she did, but I couldn't remember exactly. Um, she said that she killed the Harper. And 
your friend was the only person we found who was not killed by goblins or boulders. Which leads me to believe that your friend and the mysterious Harper were one and the same. And Morak, he's he, like you can tell he's following like your thoughts. You know, he's looking at you and he's nodding. You know, mm-hmm, acknowledging as you're as you're going through. And all he says is, "Okay, and what else?" Um, Calti is going to take out the ring, place it on the counter, and push it towards Morag. He's going to say, I think the Zentarum and other organizations, whether similar or opposite of their, their intentions, well, let's just say, I think there's something bigger going on. And I'm interested in let's call it the bigger picture what can you tell me Morat grabs the ring and he looks at it then he reads the inscription on the inside you know the D. Olgar uh, that damned that damned fool and he just shakes his head well, it does kind of sound like the pieces were put down right in front of you, doesn't it? And the dwarf just kind of smiles. The bigger picture around here is kind of complicated. Okay. There's, uh... And Morag is silent for a moment as he, like, tries to piece, like... Not only is he now dealing with the loss of a friend, apparently, he now has his rescuers, but admittedly strangers, confronting him about his friend's secret organization that he was a part of. Yeah. In, in his tavern that was just destroyed. In the town that was just attacked. Like, he's had kind of a shitty five days. <laughs> Understandable. Understandable. But, uh... And uh, he he just says, all right, listen, if you and your friends stick around for a couple of days to help us put the town back together again, I will explain, as you put it, the bigger picture for you the best that I can with the information that I have at the time. But I also am going to need a favor from you and your friends. Yeah, you look at him and say, information is a currency. And that sounds like a fair deal. Well, not only is information a currency, but if I'm going to give you information that the Harpers have been keeping close. Well, let's just say that there's a few processes that need to be stored in if I'm going to give you that information. And there's a few people who need to be notified of the situation. 
Kalti's uh, going to look around and say, is it at his party, the ones that are here, and say, uh, that's fine. I believe, and we will probably have to conference this, but I think we want to help those who want to aid the... Sorry, I'm having trouble wording now. I believe we would like to be on the side of history that helps the people of this town and any others like them. If you catch my meaning. And he, Morak looks to the other three of you and says, uh, does Kauti speak for the rest of you? I already told Kellum and Torm I'd help him. I will be there as well. Um, Og says. I have come here to help for the greater good, and that is what I shall do. Very well. Welcome. smile. Welcome to the Hoppers. And we'll see you next week. I knew it. I knew it. Have a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We'll see you next year. Whenever the next episode comes. Thank you.